What's up, everybody? We are back. You are listening to The Blue Rooster. My name is Latrice Williams, and I'm here with Melvin Hayden. Hey, everybody. And we are so excited to be recording another episode. First and foremost, I just want to thank all of our listeners for being so patient with us. Melvin and I both battled COVID-19, but we are alive and well, and we are ready to get back at it. So today's topic is going to be more so focused on behavior, and we're going to be talking about executive functions. I'm excited about this episode because I learned something new (laughs) up until the point that you sent me that article. I knew nothing about executive functions. So let's jump right into it. Melvin, what are executive functions? Well, to be honest with you, executive functions are a set of mental skills that actually include nonverbal and verbal memory, emotional self-regulation, self-motivation, planning, problem solving, and most of important, self-awareness. Students who struggle with executive functions, be honest with you, they are just as smart and they work just as hard as other students. The factors are with executive functions, you have the point where the brain development is basically slow in developing Mm -hmm. and you have the issue of genes and heredity. So executive functions are, you know, those are the things that target target the motor skills of a kid, and it has nothing to do with them. Okay. I mean, genes and heredity and brain development. Mm-hmm. These are two. These are three things we'll be studying from now until the end of time. So let me ask you this: Do you have to be diagnosed with a behavioral disorder in order to lack executive functions? No, you don't. Okay. You do not have to be diagnosed with any behavior disorder, although. ADHD is one of the things that are linked to the executive function because of focus. But through research, we have found that certain certain types of brain development, they well, certain types of areas of the brain develop more slowly in people who actually struggle with these executive skills. Okay. And you know, it targets the working memory and emotional control. Wow. You, you can actually tie working memory mm-hmm. and emotional control back to a specific traumatic experience mm-hmm. if they've had one. Wow. Okay. And so, with the, you know, these motor skills are found, most quite often are found through assessments. Okay. And so, if you do a very good social or family history, and if that's properly done, you can find where these things happen and then you may, you know, you can get some help for them. Okay, so what kind of projects or treatments are available to help children who lack executive functions? You know, to help awareness of executive functions, there are evaluations that can be done by multiple sources. Okay. Okay, we're talking about school, so you have school psychologists and school counselors mm-hmm. who can do assessments when a teacher um, notices mm-hmm. some of these functioning or some of these skills may be difficult for this kid. Okay. Then you have behavior therapists. Now, some school districts have behavior therapists in their school districts, and so that particular information trickles down from one person to the next where they can get help. Okay. But behavior therapists really work on changing negative behaviors to positive ones. And if medication is involved, like I said before, it usually involves ADHD medication because it does help with the focus so that kid can get the skill, you know, um, have the attention span to get the skills he needs or she needs uh, to be successful. And one last thing, special education teachers 
a lot of people don't give them credit, but special education mm-hmm. teachers are extremely important because they're the ones who actually help build the academic, the social, and organizational skills in kids mm-hmm. you know, that are going through this in the schools. I think that's a good point that you brought up because, first of all, special education teachers have to have their own type of special education. So you already know that the education and the certifications that they have to have to work with you know, children that have behavioral disorders or whatever, you know, you just brought up a good point that just kind of made me think like, wow, we need to give them a little bit more credit. We do. <laughs> Let me ask you this. So how should teachers handle children who lack executive function? You know, personally, um, I've worked with behavior, you know, uh, being a behavior interventionist, a behavior therapist, and just working with kids from elementary, well, actually through K through 12. Yeah. And so I'll just give you six of the most effective ways that teachers can help students who struggle in this area that have worked for me throughout the years okay. over, the, over the past 10 years. And um, they're really basic, really simple. And it's really just something to get them started because I know teachers are very creative. And mm-hmm. once you give them an idea, they can take that idea and just run with it. Absolutely. So one of the things you want to do is make sure that you post all the tasks that you want a kid to do on the board. Okay. Uh, the second thing is make sure you read all your assignments out loud mm-hmm. so that they can feel that they're involved. Um, have Sometimes have the kids repeat what you said back to you mm-hmm. so that you know that they understand. They understand what you said, understand the task that they're doing. Mm-hmm. And it definitely opens up any questions they may have. Mm-hmm. Because no matter what you, no matter where you are in this little six-point list I'm giving, mm-hmm. you're always building a relationship for mm-hmm. comfort. Okay? Um, appoint a road captain or appoint a kid, you know, to check that everyone has written down the assignment. You know? Um teach note-taking skills. Okay. It doesn't matter what grade level you are. You can always teach kids how to write little notes, sticky notes starting off with. And Mm -hmm. as you get older uh, or more advanced in the grade that you're teaching, teach note-taking skills. And the last one is, you know, use color and put different tasks, maybe on different color cards, Mm -hmm. you know, so that they can identify what color with what task. And I know this seems a little elementary, but when you're dealing with, you know, uh, a student that has executive, you know, that has some motor skills that are not up to par, mm-hmm. this helps no matter what it, whether it's, you know, out in the open mm-hmm. or it's something that you guys are doing one-on-one. Absolutely. It will definitely help them. Okay. And then lastly, why is this such a challenging thing for teachers to address? Because I think some teachers, they may say, man, this, man, this kid is bad. And that, and they may not even try to address the situation. Um, so I, I want you to kind of answer that because there may be a teacher out there who may listen to this and say, okay, maybe I thought this child was bad, but maybe they are lacking those executive functions that we're talking about. Okay, so let me turn that question just a tad bit to address what we're going through right now okay. with the COVID-19 and the coronavirus because mm-hmm. a lot of districts are now using a, a heavy <clears throat> you know, online system. Mm. So how do you address that? Right. Well, see, some some students online learning can be stressful, even when you're, you know, even then more than a classroom. Mm-hmm. So, however, web-based learning or online, you know, that may present one of the greatest challenges for students who struggle with understanding, initiating, and attending to tasks, which is what executive functioning is. Mm-hmm. You see, I can relate to the challenges personally, having adult ADHD and finishing a graduate degree in a modified classroom with a heavy emphasis on online learning. So I had to adjust my strategies and how 
I was learning, how I initiated things so that I could be successful in this online classroom. Yeah. So modify strategies to form fit a web-based platform can be daunting. And this is what our current educational system is trying to tackle at the present time. Mm -hmm. So we have to be extra sensitive to the things that throw students off and careful about the setbacks. Mm. So in an online environment, through a Zoom meeting, there are four things that we want to make sure that we're doing. Okay. Number one, we want to self, want make sure that we're self-monitoring ourselves okay. so that we can help the student on the other end of that teleconference. Okay. Number two, we want to make sure that when we're in the Zoom meeting or the Teams, Microsoft Teams meeting that we're in, that we're doing proper time management, mm. that we're giving them the right time and the right opportunity to finish the work. Yes. Number three, we want to plan and prioritize. Prioritize the things that we know can be daunting. Even yes. in our lesson plans, we know <laughs> the things that can be extremely difficult for kids, especially now that we're on a Zoom meeting. Right. So we want to prioritize prioritize and plan a little, you know, take more time to just look at it again to make sure we're giving uh, the kid the best, uh, our best effort. Okay. And the last thing is uh, task initiation and completion. Make sure that whatever task you give them, you know, you start off whether how big, no matter how big or how small, mm-hmm. you want to make sure that they're that the student is initiating the task and you want to make sure that the completion is right. So okay. regardless of how hard it may seem for them, that they're doing a good job. When we're able to help them master these challenges, it won't be so challenging. And online instruction can be more of a platform that the kids can learn from mm-hmm. and not a pothole that they're scared of. Mm-hmm. I love all that. And I think too, especially, we have to remember, because I think you addressed this in another article, Kids can kind of have bad behavior, even if it's through virtual learning. (laughs) Exactly. I think this is going to be a great episode for all those teachers that are transitioning to virtual learning. And just one thing, do not kick a kid out of a virtual class just because it's a virtual class. Wow. There are, you know, kids are just as frustrated as we are. Yes, yes, absolutely. Well, that's it for this edition of The Blue Rooster. For more episodes like this, check us out at thebluerooster.org and be sure to follow us on facebook.com slash thebluerooster mag.